everyone, and welcome to this fireside chat. I'm here with Brent Bergevin, uh, VP of Transport uh, at Gemini Motor Transport, and it's part of the Loves Company. And we're going to sit down and talk today a little bit about private fleet management, but you know, we're going to dive in a little bit deeper and also consider, you know, some of the nuances of what we're having to deal with over the last couple of years. So without further ado, Brent, uh, welcome and thanks for coming out for today. Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit, uh, you know, earlier about your relationship with Loves itself. So I think we need to set up for the audience uh, just what, you know, your relationship is with the uh, with the parent company so we can, uh, you know, further understand, you know, what you've been dealing with here over the last 12 months or so. Great. Yeah, I'll give you a quick snapshot. So Gemini Motor Transport is a wholly owned subsidiary of uh, Love's Travel Centers. We're one of uh, a number of companies that they own. Um, they're my platinum customer. Uh, we started hauling back in uh, uh, 2001. So it's actually our 20th anniversary. Um, and Love's has been in business, I think, 56 years now. But um, started out with uh, four trucks, six drivers, and uh, have a little bit of growth there. So we're up to about uh, 1,400 drivers and 900 trucks now. And that's uh, some interesting growth. So, you know, what, so you said that Loves was your, you know, platinum customer, you know, kind of set up what that means for our audience here. I know a lot of private fleets, some, they have different relationships with the parent organization. Some are completely independent. Some are, you know, have that intermediate relationship where part of the fleet's dedicated to them and the other part is kind of like outsourced. Where do you fit in that spectrum? So we're we're not truly a private fleet. So we're going to be a for hire fleet. Um, platinum customer means if I have truck time, they're going to get first call. Um, but I have uh, relationships with probably 150 uh, carriers across the nation because uh, I can't handle it all. And um, with the different issues that are out there in field today, wait times, shortages, pipelines, refineries going down, trucks breaking, drivers quitting. Um, you know, whatever it may be, COVID has been a real interesting year. Um, so I'm always giving loads out to different carriers uh, in certain markets to to keep our stores going. Um, so that that's going to be the first thing. They're going to get the, the majority of the truck time. Um, but then we have a, a lot of business on the side that we're doing um, that's creating utilization of the equipment because uh, if we have drivers and we have equipment, someone out there is looking for someone to haul a load. And so uh, have a lot of relationships with a lot of companies. Uh, we're we're going to haul jet. We're going to haul uh, all the uh, NGLs. I got 20 hard hard shell tankers hauling propane mostly. Um, but we're going to haul uh, gas, diesel, jet, biodiesel, ethanol. Um, uh, got a methanol fleet, um, DEF fleet. We got uh, box trailers hauling uh, tires and, and parts for our garages through uh, our DCs. Um, so we got uh, a little bit of flavor and a whole bunch of different uh, type business. So, I mean, you guys essentially haul a pretty wide gamut of freight and commodities uh, out there. It kind of shocked me when you told me about hauling tires. So y'all do have a little bit of a box uh, component as well. Yeah, we have about 100 box trucks that you'll see running up and down the highway also that uh, are Love's branded. Um, and those are going to be uh, mostly for our tire care business. We have uh, six tire recap centers across the nation. We make our own tires. Uh, to support that business. And uh, that's a growing business, uh, actually growing very fast. Uh, we also uh, package our own DEF and, and make our own DEF, basically. Uh, we have 19 plants across the country that make DEF fluid, uh, which is another very uh, big component of diesel trucks today. 
uh, about. Now expand on what DEF is for our audience. Okay, so DEF is diesel exhaust fluid. So all trucks today, that all diesel trucks that are sold today, uh, have to have DEF fluid, and that's uh, just a really it's a think of your Cadillac converter on your car, uh, which takes the exhaust and turns it into water vapor. DEF fluid uh, is sprayed into the exhaust uh, on a diesel truck and basically does the same thing, turns it into water vapor uh, and cleans it up. It's a pollution control device. Um, but that's growing uh, bigger and bigger every year as, as trucks are retired. Uh, Pre-2001 uh, trucks, that's when it really started. As those are retired, um, I'm sorry, 2007 trucks, um, as those are retired and new trucks are out there, it's just going to create more DEF usage. So pretty much all truck stops out there today, all the major chains are going to have DEF at the pump with the diesel pump. Um, and it's a, it's a very important component of trucking. So, you know, you do have a lot of specialization. So this probably does kind of insulate you from uh, a lot of other, you know, the kind of those bigger shipper markets, you know, the general commodities, the consumer products. How has the last 12 months, uh, you know, impacted your business and your business model? Like, especially like any, highlight any changes that you've seen over the last 12 months that you think have been, you know, significant or, you know, we're going to keep permanent or you think that maybe some that might disappear after the pandemic eases? Well, yeah, pandemic, right? So whoever thought we'd have heard those terms in our lifetime to this extent, but uh, it's been, it's been hard. And um, the gasoline business at the stores, you know, suffered greatly, but the diesel really didn't because it was more important than ever to to get supplies to the right places. And that, you know, everything moves by truck. Um, as much as some people don't like to admit it, and, uh, you know, electric trucks and, and hydrogen trucks and all these uh, things that you hear about today, diesel is what runs the country. Um, and, the, the, you know, down the road, will that change? Yeah, but it ain't going to be anytime quick. But, yeah, it's been tough. Um, and it's been tough to find drivers. Uh, and we're we're constantly hiring. We're constantly growing and adding trucks. Uh, we'll add probably 150 to 200 trucks to our fleet this year. Um, so we're going to hire, you know, four to 500 drivers this year. So uh, uh, it's a great place to work. We have very low turnover, according, you know, uh, uh, way below industry averages. I think industry averages are going to be in the, uh, you know, 80 to 100 uh, percent type zone. And uh, we've been very fortunate to how we run and how we pay and how we benefit. We're below 20%. So uh, it's, it's a, we get drivers here and we keep drivers here and we've got a really good program for drivers. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I know that I've heard specifically a lot of anecdotal evidence of the of the driver recruiting issue being a big problem, especially in those, you know, the initial phase of the driver recruiting as, you know, the schools being shut down uh, and, and the like. So explain your, you know, experience with some of these dr driver recruiting, because a lot of the drivers that get into your sector uh, you know, come with a little bit more experience, correct? Um, not necessarily, but yes, mostly. Plus, you know, they're also going to have a, a hazmat license and taker endorsement. Um, so you got to have those two to, to drive a tanker. So usually, um, you'll, you'll probably find this interesting also. I haven't spent a penny in uh, ads or recruiting or anything. Almost uh, 80, 90% of our drivers come through internal recommendations. So uh, we pay drivers, our existing drivers, to recruit drivers for us, and we pay them a recruiting uh, bonus if uh, they bring drivers. So the best drivers in your fleet are going to be uh, people that want to come to work for you, and uh, most drivers aren't going to recruit a driver that they don't want to drive with or because we have a lot of slip seating here, right? We're not a sleeper fleet. We're really a day cab fleet. So 
almost all of our drivers come from internal uh, referral, which is again, plays into our whole uh, uh, program with the low turnover stuff because uh, they pretty much know who we are before they get here. Yeah, that's that's a good method, especially using the internal because they're going to be your best salespeople uh, for exactly right. what you do, especially if they like coming in every single day. So they're not going to bring a brother or a relative or a friend or a neighbor uh, into the company and then, you know, come have to come back and say, you know, what the hell did you do? Recruit me to these guys are bozos. So um, it, it really works out great. And it's been a great tool for us. Have you guys seen any kind of inflationary pressure, uh, you know, costs in any other regard in operations? Uh, you know, obviously the drivers may be uh, on your end. Um, you know, highlight any increased uh, costs that you guys have encountered or maybe just things that have had upward pressure on your overall operation. Well, I think all of us can relate to it in life, but, uh, you know, prices usually don't go down anywhere, right? So the cost of equipment is up. The cost of repairing equipment is up. The cost of technicians is up. Uh, cost of drivers is up, cost of insurance is up, fuel is up. Uh, I, I can't tell you one cost that's gone down. Um, it's all up. And so, yeah, you're you're constantly facing those pressures and yet everybody wants a, a great rate. So you got a lot of people out there that are, um, you know, bidding for that same work that you're trying to get, um, even with loves. I mean, uh, with my platinum uh, customer, I still have to give them a very competitive rate because we're going to compare rates in those markets all the time. And if I'm not competitive or I'm high, I'm going to lower my price because uh, that's my platinum customer. They're going to get a, a great price, but everything is going up and uh, it's, it's harder and harder. If you don't have any kind of size to your fleet, if you're, if you're running your own truck, you know, that's not probably too bad, but to, uh, if you have a really good dedicated customer, but if you're running that, you know, tweener fleet somewhere between, uh, you know, probably 25 to hundred trucks, it, it gets tough unless you have a really dedicated customer that you can count on because uh, your costs are not going to go down. They're going to constantly go up. Yeah. How much of your fleet is, uh, you know, kind of dedicated and in that consistent uh, run space? Well, I'd like to tell you all of them uh, to one customer or another. But, um, uh, you know, the utilization is everything in this business. Also, uh, the wheels ain't turning. You ain't making money. Right. So uh, you got to have that revenue coming in. But. Um, our utilization rate is going to be uh, in the mid 50s, uh, which, again, is very high for trucking. Most utilization is somewhere between 40 and 45. Um, but with sleeper fleet, when you're uh, slip seating, uh, that really helps your utilization rate to uh, one guy runs, you know, a 10, 11 hour shift. The next guy comes in. So if you're running uh, 20 out of 24 hours a day, that's very good util utilization rate. Yeah, that is pretty strong. Have you seen any dramatic changes over the last 12 months with any of that, or has it been pretty consistent? For it's been pretty consistent. Like I said, the gas took a downturn, but diesel stayed strong. Uh, and that's where we branched out into some other areas and, and found some other business to keep those trucks and those drivers moving. We never stopped hiring. We never stopped buying equipment, uh, expanding the fleet. Um, and, and we won't. We see a tremendous opportunity to keep growing. Uh, and constantly are finding new customers and looking for new customers. Again, word of mouth is awesome because uh, a driver will come in and, and call me and say, hey, I was talking to another driver at the rack and, you know, these guys are reducing trucks or this customer is looking for more help or whatever. And, you know, make a few phone calls, find someone, and pretty soon you're hauling a couple loads for them. Yeah. So, you know, have you seen that happen more frequently over the last year? Like with some of these other companies struggling, you get to reap some of the benefit, maybe buy uh pieces of equipment or take advantage of some of the drivers more often than you did in years past 
Yeah, I, you know, this this year has probably been weird for a hundred different reasons, right? With the COVID, but um, you know, there there was a quite a time there, probably, you know, when the COVID was really spiking, where if your company had fifty drivers and you know fifteen of those are out with COVID, well, someone's someone's looking to help with that business. So I, I'd say we were able to come into a couple different markets and help out, um, but it's just been a weird year. <laughs> yeah, right. It's been a weird year. Yeah, I think that's an understatement, <laughs> to say the least. Are there any kind of trends or patterns that you think are going to persist uh, into, you know, obviously we're not fully done with the pandemic by any means, but what do you think are some of the permanent changes or permanent trends or semi-permanent? I don't think anything is really fully permanent, but what are some of the trends you think will persist, you know, after, you know, we get through a lot of the restrictions and everything starts to swing back to a more I don't want to use the word normal, but a more stable pattern. I think it's, it's the same old, same old. I mean, if you take care of your customer, they're going to take care of you. Uh, and re I've really lived off that motto for you know, running Gemini for the last 20 years. So um, when we, we don't try to go into any business, if we're not going to be able to be successful at it and we're not going to be able to be good at it. Um, a lot of times, uh, you know, when we first entered the, uh, the hard shell or the propane tankers, uh, we, you know, you, you learn a lot of lessons during that. You learn the good, the bad, the ugly, but, um, you got to stay true to your customer and take care of your customer. Uh, and not every day is pretty. Um, but you got to be open and honest and tell them what's going on, why you maybe are failing or why you're not able to get that load from that day. Uh, and I think the more that we do that, the more they start trusting us, uh, and know that if we come to them with an issue, uh, it's a legit issue. Uh, but that's, that's pretty uh, much the mantra with us is we're going to take care of the customer and the best of our ability. And if for some reason we can't, we're going to tell them, hey, we're not going to be able to do this today. You know, how can we work around this? What what can we do to make it better? Yeah, that proactive uh, communication never never hurts. It's huge. <laughs> I mean, because that's one of the biggest problems you have is, is people don't communicate. Um, right. If I've got a carrier uh, load that I give out to a carrier for a load of gas to a store um, and it doesn't show up in time and we run out, well, you know, that's a big impact. So um, odds are if that guy didn't communicate and tell us what's going on, probably won't haul any loads for us any longer. Right. Yeah. And I, I know that uh, a lot of the other industries, you guys primarily haul in the, uh, the gas and the fuel section, but uh, a lot of other sectors have found this out the hard way uh, when they run out of inventory and, you know, the truck's 2000 miles away or maybe the freight is, you know, overseas or something like that. Have you seen customers getting more uh, proactive with you as they kind of are worried about inventory levels or fuel uh, levels being a, a you know available for their customer base? Absolutely. You know, we're, we're in a just-in-time inventory world now. Uh, no one wants to store a lot, right? And that includes fuel, too. So um, as we went through that ice storm and, and we're really having product shortages across the country still in selected markets. Um, but for, you know, a month ago, it was really bad. You had half the refining capacity down in the Gulf Coast, uh, which supplies, you know, 50, 60 percent of the country. Um, and when those ain't shipping on pipelines and, and those uh, refineries aren't running, sooner or later, product's going to run out. It's just the way it works. Um, so calling those uh, customers where we buy our fuel, our musket team down in Houston, uh, being proactive and looking for fuel and buying spot deals, um, uh, you, you know, even uh, shipping in rail on rail cars and finding uh, rail cars that have uh, a market. So uh, we'll pretty much do anything to, to, to buy the fuel and keep our stores running 
Um, but that's a lot of that's relationships too. So if they do have some extra that pops up, you know, we're probably going to be one of the first ones they call because they know that we can take it, we can move it. And they do that today. So someone might have a pipeline batch coming in and they need some room at a terminal. Uh, they'll call us and say, hey, you know, if we give you a, a, a better price here, can you move this product for us? And if you scratch theirs, they're going to scratch yours down the line. So that's that's uh, it's all relationship building and taking care of each other. Amen to that. So, you know, the winter weather event that you just mentioned was probably one of the biggest, uh, you know, impacts that we've seen on the, you know, on all around trucking, uh, as well as supply chains here in the last several months. You know, the pandemic obviously set the table for that. Uh, but how just how big of a deal was this event in, in your perspective? I mean, we saw it, you know, the ripples. Uh, throughout the industry, and we're still feeling some of that capacity tightness and all these other modes. But your specific specialty should have probably felt this pretty significantly, correct? It was the worst since Katrina. Um, so we've seen a lot of hurricanes since Katrina, but um, those are isolated to small pockets. This affected the whole country because all the refineries were down uh, and all your pipelines that are coming out of Houston, whether it's you know Colonial or Enterprise or whatever it may be, um, they just, they weren't shipping. Um, and so um, we're, you know, those, those supply a big chunk of the country. And if they're not shipping, uh, there's only so much storage. You got to keep hauling. The stores will keep running. It's not like they close up and everybody parks their trucks because there's a fuel shortage. I mean, they're going to buy fuel. They got to run. They got loads to do. They got time constraints. Um, but this was a massive disruption uh, to the fuel network uh, across America. Yeah. Are you still feeling these effects today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, it's painful. It really is painful. Along with, you know, there's a, there's a shortage of tanker truck uh, time out there today. So everybody's looking for tankers. And um, along with the product shortages come massive delays at the racks that they're in. Um, so when you have a driver in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth that's usually getting, you know, three to four loads in, in their 11-hour shift. And now all of a sudden today they get one load because they're waiting in rack lines for four hours. That's a big problem. <laughs> you just don't have extra capacity. Uh, you can throw more trucks and trailers at it, but it's just a longer line at the rack, um, which, again, further uh, backs you up. So it, it's been a massive, massive issue, not to mention, you know, 10 degrees below weather and uh, drivers are human, too. People don't think so sometimes, but, uh, you know, our driver force is critical to us. And if their uh, water pipes froze and they flooded their house, well, tell, you know what? You got to stay home and take care of that. You can't come in today. So um, there, there's a lot of sidebars that people forgot that don't realize. They just think trucks are automatic. They're running on, uh, you know, uh, a Tesla remote control or something, but it's not the way it works. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it sounds like you guys didn't have any real insulation whatsoever from the overall market, even though you're in tanker. You know, a lot of the dry van side gets a lot of the pub. Uh, reefer market gets a little bit as well as flatbed, but it sounds like you guys had a lot of similar experiences, uh, you know, just because you're in kind of this niche or more of a niche area with the tanker side, you guys did not necessarily get away with, uh, you know, something that was significantly different from the uh, the broader for hire market, correct? I'll tell you, it's, it was worse because there's a limited number of racks you can load those trucks at. There's a limited number of places you go. Uh, and you have to be carted. Is it, you can show up at a Walmart warehouse in a, in a dry van. Uh, you don't have to be carted to get loaded there. You just have to have an appointment time. Well, you have to be carted, so you just can't run tankers anywhere. You have to have cards, and that takes time. Uh, 
to, to set those cards up and go through the classes and stuff. So I would tell you, it's probably one of the hardest hit, hardest hit trucking industries um, by far. Yeah. Well, man, that's something else. So, you know, hopefully we're here towards the tail end of, of some of this capacity disruption and, and I hope so. I need a vacation. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, it, it seems to be never ending at this point. Well, Brent, thank you so much uh, for joining us here today. Uh, you know, and thanks thank for all those insights. Yeah, and um, you know, at you know, you guys over there at uh, Gemini Motor Transport, um, keep hauling away. Uh, you got any last messages uh, or any predictions for the next couple of months on what to expect? I think it's going to get better. Um, the refineries are, are coming back up. I think most of them are back up, or, or they're about to be, and. Uh, you know, it's just it's just going to be filling that pipeline pipeline network and getting those tanks filled back up at the terminals. Uh, hopefully, we uh, have a really good summer. Uh, stay away from the tornadoes. Stay away from the hurricanes this fall. But you know, it's a, it's a never ending cycle, right? So um, then we'll be back into winter, and who knows what we got? So just have to uh, uh, hope that we don't get a hurricane hit in the wrong area, and uh, you know, we we have a bad deal. But uh, this is an interesting uh, business for a lot of different reasons, but bad weather and, and bad uh, storms can, can throw a wrench in there that you didn't expect. But I think we'll, it'll get better and we'll be good to go. And uh, we'll, we'll keep driving and keep supplying. Ah, well, thank you so much for that. I like that optimistic outlook. Uh, uh, thanks again, Brent. And thank you all for watching and stay tuned for more from the Enterprise, Enterprise Fleet Summit.